So in my ongoing quest to find the best way to record distance conversations, I'm speaking today with Derek Pando from Zoom.us. My name is Kerry Green, and I am the Client Happiness Guy at PodcastFastTrack.com, and this is Podcastification. Podcastification is all about you, teaching you how to podcast, how to put into practice the best practices that I and my team have learned in working with hundreds of clients. You are going to podcast better from listening to this show. If you like what you hear on Podcastification, please just hit the pause button, swipe to the sharing function on your app, and share this episode with somebody you know will benefit. And if you'd like to get in on more Podcastification goodness, you can do it by subscribing to our Podcast Optimizer email series. And I promise you, you won't get lots of junk. You'll just get one actionable email a week. Go to podcastfasttrack.com slash optimizer. That is enough of that kind of stuff. Let's get you podcastificated right away. If you ever, ever, ever do any kind of interview on your podcast, you know the headache it can be to find a good way to record at a distance. You know, when you have someone who lives in San Diego and you live in the middle of Colorado, <laughs> I don't know who that is, it's hard because you want to get good quality audio for your listeners, but the tech doesn't always cooperate. Well, a lot of podcasters lately are using Zoom.us, which is a service that was never really intended for podcasting. It's really a video conferencing service that a lot of businesses are using these days. I actually use it for some of my business processes. But the thing is, if it has good enough audio and it has good enough usefulness for podcasting, why not? Well, there's been a lot of hubbub going around about the quality of Zoom US and is it good for podcasting? And I just thought I would go straight to the source. So I reached out to the good folks at Zoom and I got in touch with Derek Pando. Derek has touched base with all of his tech guys. He's got some answers for us on not only whether Zoom is a good platform for podcasting, but also how you can optimize the settings in your Zoom interface to make the audio the very best it can be, including split tracks where you're in one track and your guest is in another. So I'm going to quit blabbing. Let's talk to Derek from Zoom. Well, now that you know who Derek Pando is, let's get to the conversation. Derek, how are you doing today? Doing great, Carrie. How are yeah. you? Yeah, I'm doing great too. So tell me, how long have you worked for Zoom.us? You know, it's been almost uh, a year and a half. I joined uh, in the spring of uh, 2017. Yeah, cool. And what is your exact role there? You know, so I have a strange role, I guess. I've had a few different roles because we're in a kind of fast-growing mode. I run our marketing efforts outside the U.S. and I lead our user conference. Prior to that, I was in, I was in product marketing, which is where I kind of noticed, you know, what we're going to talk about today, which is the trend of people using Zoom to run uh, run podcasts. Yeah. Well, cool. Cool. You like working at the company? I do. I do. Yeah. We're recording it. You better say you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eric, you want, if you're listening, no, Zoom uh, has a very unique culture. I think we try really hard to make 
products that people like, treat our employees well, treat our customers, our vendors, everybody well. And so generally, I'd say it's just a very positive culture. And, and that's what I like. And that's what I've come used to at the few companies I've worked with here in Silicon Valley. So yeah, it's, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, well, that's cool. The company that I run, one of our main values is that our team comes before our clients or our customers. And we believe that when the team is treated well, the customers benefit. And it sounds like Zoom is that way. Give me some examples of what makes for such a good culture. You know, I think a lot of the culture is set by our founder and CEO, Eric Yuan. He is just the nicest. I always tell the story that I challenge anyone to get out of an elevator before our CEO because he always says, no, you know, you go first. Um, and I think that's kind of a symbol for just the way he runs the business. He's, he's a servant leader. He's got an open door policy. He's just a, a great person to work for. And so that his whole philosophy is, hey, if I, you know, kind of like what you described, if I make my employees happy, they're going to make our customers happy. And I want our products to make people happy. So we do a lot of fun things like we have, you know, bring your parents to work day, yeah. bring your kids to work day. Uh, we try to, you know, celebrate the, the small and the big wins and, and support each other. And I think it's made for uh, the culture of what it is today. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like that. Bring your parents to work day. Man, I would have a hard time. My parents are 94 and 91, so that would be a little difficult, but it'd be kind of fun. It'd be really fun. They still say, I don't know what you do, but I'm glad you do it. Yeah. That's right. Well, that, I think that's how it came about. Uh, we're not the first company to do this, but at first I remember thinking, oh, that's so cheesy. Like, we don't need more helicopter parenting, you know, things to encourage yeah. people to be helicopter parents. But the first time I experienced it at a previous company, it was like graduation day. You got these parents walking around, beaming with pride, connecting with their kids. Like, you know, it was really nice. And so it, it's kind of a, a different quirky thing that companies have started to do, but I think it's a good good thing to do. Yeah, well, that is super cool. I'm glad you've been able to land a spot there that, that seems to fit your talents and actually you enjoy. That is a blessing in life for sure. For those of you listening, we are just kind of getting to know each other here a little bit and getting to know a little bit about Zoom because I think it's important when you use a product to know something about the company behind it and the values. And Zoom is a platform that honestly is really new to me. I've been using it primarily in my business for onboarding clients and things like that, but I have used it a few times for recording conversations. And some of you might remember one of our episodes a while back, we did a kind of a head-to-head -head competition between the different recording platforms to kind of give our best of advice about how to use these things. And Zoom was one that was fairly new on my radar then, so I didn't know a lot about it. And ever since that time, I've been regretting that I didn't know enough. And so that's why Derek's on the show. We are going to kind of walk through some of the details of how Zoom works and what it does for podcasters and how it can be set up specifically to help in that. So we're going to be doing a few screencasts. So there will be a video version of this somewhere on the interwebs. It will probably be on the show notes page for sure at podcastfasttrack.com slash 111111 and also on YouTube somewhere, I'm sure. But that may be a few weeks after the actual podcast airs because, you know, it takes me a while to get this stuff done. So Derek, first of all, uh, you mentioned earlier that you noticed that podcasters are starting to use the platform. Tell me how that progression happened. When did you start noticing that and what did you see? I started seeing just from a couple different ways. Like one is I just see, you know, as I would monitor what people were saying about Zoom on social media and people were discussing it, I'd stumble upon these conversations where they were talking about how they used it for their business, particularly in creating podcasts. And then also just a handful of podcasts that I was familiar with, I realized were using Zoom. Hmm. And you know, it was not, you know, Zoom did not start as a tool for podcasting. Uh, this has kind of happened organically. And once I saw that, I was like, hey, we should 
do something to try to help this community a little bit. So I, I reached out to a handful of, of different customers that were using it. We created kind of our first blog post, first piece of content that, you know, uh, we asked podcasters to share how they're using it, what kind of setup they have, and we put it into a blog post. And since then, we've done, you know, other things like webinars and, and tried to help that community a little more. Hmm. That's really cool. So what are the things you're seeing podcasters do with the platform right now? I think one of the most common things, I think what kind of sparked my initial interest was they use it to create lots of different kinds of content in one go about, right? So podcasting in you know pure audio podcast form is one way, but what I was seeing a lot is people would do an interview like this. They'd also maybe record video as well over Zoom, and then they could take the audio, plug it into a podcast, or they could take the video, throw it on YouTube to have something visual, or they chop it up into you know, 20 different pieces and use that for promotion across social media or put that on YouTube and optimize it so people can find your business or service or whatever it is that you're trying to get the word out about with your podcast. Uh, you know, my background's in marketing. I thought, wow, like creating content takes a lot of time. And so when I saw how people were like getting maximum leverage out of one piece of content across different mediums, I was like, hey, this, this sounds interesting to me. So. Wow. For you listeners, if you didn't catch that, that was worth your time right there to use the video portion, which we podcasters typically don't use to do some marketing clips and promos for your show. Man, that is, that is a great idea. Yeah. And even just throwing smaller clips, 15, 21 minute clips on certain topics, putting them on YouTube, optimizing them for keywords and all roads lead back to your podcast and subscribing to your podcast. I've seen lots of people, you know, expand their audiences, that kind of a tactic. Man, you're really making me think because I tend to use platforms that record in a different method than what Zoom does so that there's cleaner audio and a more pure sense of the audio since podcasting is primarily an audio medium. But thinking that through all the pieces of content you could get out of doing video and audio at the same time makes me consider that Zoom may be a better choice for that reason. So I'm going to have to put that in my scales and balance that out for a while. Derek, man, I didn't expect this. This is... uh, (laughs) Making me question my best practices. It's a good thing. It's always a good thing. Good. So I'm glad you like that one. Yeah, I'm going to have to think that through because, uh, like you said, you know, the more content. Well, you didn't say it exactly this way, but the more content you get out there, you have all these roads leading back to your podcast. Right. That is great, and for promotional purposes, you can use. I could see using that content not just on YouTube, but also you know social media posts and um, yeah, you know, embedding on your website for different posts when you have a relevant reason to do that. Well, and if you want to take it one step further. A couple months ago, we launched automatic transcripts in English. So the next phase is you record it on Zoom, you get your automatic transcripts, and then you can create written content, you know, whether it's just like a transcript for your, your show notes, or you turn that into, you know, again, blog posts, tweets, any, you know, put on your website, a million different ways that you could do that without having to, you know, transcribe it manually is another way to kind of get maximum leverage out of uh, running a podcast. Yeah. That's a really cool idea. Now, the, the automatic transcripts, I'm assuming, is in one of the paid plans. It is. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. And we will go through all the plans here in a bit, folks, so you know exactly what you're looking at if you get into using Zoom. But Derek and I are going to talk a little bit now about the audio, and we're not going to get really deep into the weeds. We're going to wait until we get past our mid-roll break to do that. But Derek, tell me a little bit about the, the quality of the audio that Zoom is using. I actually had reached out to one of your tech support or not tech support people, a customer service people on the chat on Zoom. And they gave me some bit rates and things like that 
depending on how you have it set up. It sounds like there's a lot of different options. And I'm just going to read some of these basics because some of our podcast geeks are going to want to know this stuff. But the default setting, they said, was a bit rate of 50 kilobytes per second. The frequency is 24 kilohertz and the codec is the Silk codec. Now, the change you can make is you can do a little adjustment and I will share a link of how to do this from the Zoom website called Preserving Original Sound, which helps you get the quality from your microphone, the way that it's coming straight through the microphone. And that's a little bit better. It's bit rate of 128 kilobytes per second, frequency of 32 kilohertz, and the codec is an Opus codec. So Derek, besides all of that geeky stuff, tell me what is it about Zoom sound that is of benefit to podcasters? I think in general, we pride ourselves in having very high quality VoIP. And a lot goes into optimization. You know, and that's why, you know, depending on a lot of the technical details actually depend on a lot of different factors, you know, whether it be your, the strength of your internet connection or your processor, because the secret sauce of Zoom is we're constantly optimizing, you know, depending on, on what's happening on your, in your internet and your network and on your machine, we try to optimize it for audio. And so culturally, people using a web conferencing or video conference platform have often dialed in because that's where the best audio comes from. But with Zoom, you get the best audio coming in through VoIP. And so I think that's another reason why you know, podcasters have taken the Zoom platform because that's easier, right? One, you can do that with our free product. And two, you know, whether you have people, no matter where they are in the world, they can connect over VoIP uh, without having to have some sort of telephone provider to get in. And I think that's a little bit of the secret sauce with our audio. And, and kind of like you said, we can turn on original sound. And the reason why we do that is because we have optimizations like noise cancellations that is happening when you're using our VoIP audio. But, you know, obviously if you're in a, in a great sound room with a great mic, like you don't, you know, you don't need it. And so you should just definitely turn on the original sound for maximum audio. Yeah. And for those of you who are not familiar with some of these terms, VoIP is voice over internet protocol. So it's recording the actual conversation that is being transmitted over the internet. That's what's being recorded. And so the reason you'd want some sound modification on that sometimes is because of those little warbles and weird things that happen. I've heard a couple of those in our conversation already. It just happens. It's the nature of the beast you know, when you're using VoIP. There are other services that record in different ways, more similar to what's called a double ender, where one side of the recording is recorded in that person's browser. The other side is recorded in the other person's browser, and then they're synced. That is not what Zoom does. Zoom is using VoIP. But Derek, what is it that makes Zoom's VoIP such high quality? What do you guys do to make that better? You know, without getting too deep in the technical details, I think we have to go back to the founding of our company. So our company started in 2011. It was the original engineer from WebEx, right, which was one of the original kind of web conferencing platforms. And uh, when he started Zoom, his goal was to basically design a video conferencing platform for the modern age, right? Because what, what they were doing at WebEx is as video became more popular and voice over IP, VoIP became more popular, they were kind of hacking everything together. But he's like, no, we need to start from scratch. And so that's essentially how Zoom was born. And so, you know, Zoom is optimized to go over the public internet in a way that a lot of these other uh, legacy platforms just are not. And so we got data centers all over the world and on every major continent uh, that are tuned and optimized to give people the best quality of video and audio. And, you know, I think Zoom exists because people, they notice a difference. So 
Yeah, well, I can appreciate that. I have used lots of video conferencing services like this, and, and Zoom definitely is the best quality of any that I've used in the past. So I really appreciate that. We are going to go to our mid-roll break here. And when we come back, Derek and I are going to get into some of the technical details a little bit more, but also how to actually do some of the things that we're talking about, how to preserve the original sound, how to set your Zoom recording for split tracks so that you can have a separate track for each person. And those are things that podcasters really care about. So hang on, we'll be back with those things in just a bit. You know, one of the things that I really love about podcasting is we as independent amateur podcasters have the opportunity to compete with the big boys. I mean, you think about who is in iTunes and who is in Stitcher and who is in all the directories. You have podcasts by big name companies like Adobe, but you also have podcasts by people like us. And part of the way that we compete with them in terms of getting other people to listen to us is by doing so through professional production. And one of the things I think that sets a podcast apart from all the other podcasts out there is the music. I mean, think about this show, for example, Podcastification. We've got this unique music that we purchased from a composer that nobody else is going to have. And so when you hear the music, you instantly think of Podcastification. That is, if you're a regular listener. And as a podcast production company, we have some connections with people who can provide that kind of resource for you. We do custom podcast intro music or outro music for shows. And this is not just for monthly clients. This is for anybody who is looking for that unique sound for their podcast. Let me give you some samples here. We got this one. It's called a bass groove. See, I'm just going to stop that real quick. You got that. You got that. How about this one? Metal. So you get the idea. Electronica. Or how about this one? A moody background. Can even do plain old acoustic guitar. And there's other things. There's slow groove, there's synth rock, there's all kinds of things. And we can provide that from composers who craft it to fit the genre and the style that you are looking for. All you have to do in order to get this custom podcast music is to go to podcastfasttrack.com slash music. And we will make sure that you get the custom music that you need for your podcast. Okay, so it's time to get into the weeds a little bit. And we're going to learn some of the technical details behind Zoom. Now, we've mentioned already, Derek, this issue of preserving original sound. And why don't you describe for us exactly what that means? You already described it a little bit, but, but then tell us how do, you, how do you do that? In what circumstances would you want to do that? Yeah, so you know, the circumstances that you would want to do that is if you want to get maximum audio quality through a specific microphone. Now, we, we only recommend that you do this in a place where you're not going to have a bunch of background noise. Your internet connection is going to be strong. Like you're ready, you're ready to record and to go big. You know, this isn't the kind of thing you want to flip on when you're doing something from Starbucks, 
right? Because that's where Zoom, we got to do all of our magic in the background to make that call as good as possible. But you, you know, maybe you want to record your podcast from Starbucks, but if you've got a, a setup like Carrie's got, and you know, he does this all the time, then uh, you can flip on the original audio. I think we actually originally created the, the original audio function for healthcare because uh, when you do telehealth, if you, chug in, if you plug in like an electric stethoscope, you want to hear everything. You don't want any sort of adaptation or noise cancellation. You want to hear every little, mm. every little sound yeah. that also works well, for, you know, in maximum quality, and that also works well for, for podcasting. So basically, you go into your settings. If you go just to your desktop application and go into the settings, there's, uh, we have a level of settings. But the deepest level of settings, you need to go into the web and log in at like zoom.us and then you have the full spread. And so if you go there, it will, it'll say enable original sound. And then when you go into your desktop client, you'll also be able to, to turn it on. Now, you can also set it up so that original sound only happens when you plug in a certain device, right? Mm-hmm. So if you only want original sound to happen when you have your podcasting mic plugged in, right within the settings, you can also designate that. So that way, if you're using your computer for a lot of different things and you're going back and forth, that would prevent you some time from having to be like, okay, now I got to turn in original audio. We will know when you've got you know, your pro mic in there that uh, it's time for original audio. Well, that is really cool. Is there a way I can screencast myself doing that and you can kind of walk me through it? Yes. You want to do it like live right now? Let's do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, Derek, you see my screen there? Yes. All right. So I'm going to go to Zoom and log into my account. So here is my account on the dashboard. You can tell I'm logged in here. I can yeah. click on my account. Mm-hmm. All right, where, where am I going from here, Derek? So you're going to go to in meeting advanced on so the left-hand side. Click on meeting settings, the top left. Meeting settings. And then to the right, you'll see under the meeting tab, you'll see what it says in meeting basic. Yeah, All right, down. so my meetings here on the left, meeting tab. And then scroll down, it's going to say in meeting basic. In meeting advance. Oh, in meeting advance. So all the way down to the advanced section. And then allow users to select stereo audio in their client settings and then allow users to select original sound. See, I do have it on. Okay. And I have locked it, which let me ask you a question about that. When I lock that, does that mean everybody I ever invite into video conference is going to use their original sound or is that just me? It's just you unless they enable it. It allows them to select it, right? Okay. Okay. If they're joining your meeting, you're in control, right? And you can decide what what you want to enable or not. Okay. So if I'm setting this, it's basically just turning on the option for all of us to use it if we want to. That's correct. Okay. And so where do we go from here to make sure that you and I both are using original sound? Well, so you know, you would only be able to control original sound on your end. So it's okay. something that you would have to ask. But if you go, this is where you go to the desktop client. This is, you know, you're accessing Zoom through a web-based browser. Yeah. A web-based browser. This would be to get into the Zoom application that's downloaded on your computer. Okay. Okay. So I've got this. Yeah, there you go. This setting right here. So I would go into settings, settings. here. Yeah. Go into settings. All right. And, and then, then. And then go to uh, audio. Okay, audio on the left. Is it this allow option for using original sound for microphone and meeting? No, yes, but on the uh, on the screen, uh, what I'm seeing on my screen, it's not it's not showing it. So, oh, I see. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think it's because it's part of the desktop. It doesn't stream it, you know, because uh-huh. otherwise it would. Yeah, that's really interesting. 
in most scenarios, when you're screen sharing something, you wouldn't want to show somebody else your settings of your screen sharing tool. So that's probably why we decided to, you know, you can take screenshots of it or something. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, if you go to, and then if you go to audio, it says allow option for using original sound for microphone and meeting, make sure that's checked. And then in the meeting, if you just look at the top of the, and I don't know if it's showing in yours and if we'll be yeah. able to show it because it same kind of issue again, it's. Yeah, it's there. I, d- I was able to do a screen capture of it. So uh, it's right here. Allow option for using original sound. So then when you're in a meeting, like I'm in the meeting right now, I have a button at the top. It says turn on original sound. And so I could turn it on. Okay. So that's uh, like at your top left or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I could turn on the fly and then it says select a microphone to always use original sound. Okay. So cool. that is where you select the microphone that pl- you're like, Hey, the one that I've got plugged in, I always want original sound. Yeah. And that's, that's where you would select it. Okay. When I came back to my regular screen here on zoom, my top left did have a thing that said, turn on original sound, just like Derek said. And I am actually going to take a screenshot of it right now so I can show it to you. And I had to click it to turn on original sound, just like Derek said. When I did, perhaps my audio got better. It should have. I just now clicked it. So we'll see. So that's it. And so do both participants have to do that once that default setting in the web browser is set? Each participant is in control of whether they turn on original sound or not. You cannot, you can't force people to uh, have original sound. Okay. So as a podcast host, you would probably want to ask that person if they would click and turn on original sound, if they're in a good environment, if they're not leave it off. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good best practice there. Now let's talk also about that issue of splitting a conversation into two tracks, into two files so that a podcaster can edit one side without touching the other. Walk me through how you would do that. You would go into your settings and again, under recordings, there's a checkbox. Yeah. Actually on the desktop client under recording, there's a checkbox that says record a separate audio file for each participant who speaks. Okay, cool. I see that. And so you're going to click that. You're going to say, yep. uh, say yes. And then there's not even a save button. You just cancel the, the window, correct? Yep. That's right. All right. And then you're good to go. Okay, great. One go thing ahead. to remember is this is for local recording, right? So, yeah. you know, in Zoom, you can record locally on your computer or you can record to the cloud and you can only split tracks if you're recording it locally. Got it. So if you are saving to the cloud, like Derek's talking about, you need to be aware that this isn't going to show up. Will you not That's even right. see the option or will it just be grayed out? It just will automatically, it just won't do it when you're recording from the cloud. So. Got it. Got it. Okay. If you're not aware of the benefit of that as a podcaster yet, man, that's just incredible. Say Derek had somebody walk into the room and talk really loud while I'm talking. I did just uh, have someone walk into the room, by the way. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> they did, but they weren't talking loud. But, but you know, say they were talking yeah, loudly right. and didn't know he was on a recording while I'm talking. I can just mute all that out of his track. And it's as if it never happened on the final that's recording. True. So so that's why you want those split tracks. Now, Derek, I know there's probably some other things regarding uh, use cases and, and best practices that I'm not thinking of. What are some things we should know about the Zoom interface in terms of setting it up for best podcasts? One kind of trick that we can deploy here for this scenario is you can make other people a co-host, uh, your okay. other podcast attendees a co-host, and that enables them to record it on their end as well. And so one that might be just useful for, you know, let's say the person who edits your podcast 
is in another place. And so you don't have to download the files and, you know, then, you know, find some way to send it to them and take up all your Dropbox space. And now you got to upgrade to drop, upgrade your Dropbox or whatever. You can just make them a co-host, have them join the meeting, and then they can record it locally. The other thing that you can do is by having multiple people record locally and audio tracks, that is one uh, preparing for if something you know, happens, right? Like let's yeah, say your internet redundancy, sure. Redundancy, your internet craps out and it impacts the quality of your audio and also how it's recording the audio of one of your participants. Maybe their audio was not impacted. And so you can get you can check those, you can record many different audio tracks and look at them and if you have issues and as a redundancy and, and make changes yeah. if you need to. Okay. So I am real curious, how do you do that? Show me what to do. Are we going to have to go to the web interface and enable it there first? Yes. Yes. Okay. Go there. Okay. Go to the web interface first. Right. So to my settings, and I'm, again, I'm in my settings over here, and then meeting settings, the meeting tab, and then we are over here looking for in-meeting basic. All yep. right. So co-host. Yep. So I've got to enable this guy, mm-hmm. and there it is. It says the settings been updated. Now I'm going to get out of my screen share and, and probably have to go to the desktop client, correct? That's correct. All right. So right here, settings. And then is it in the recording or where would I find that? See if it lets you do it. If not, you might have to get out of the meeting and then start it up again Uh, for it to be able to. I see. Yeah, because it still just shows make host for you. Yeah. So if we did that beforehand, then I'd be able to invite you on as a co-host before we start recording, perhaps? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So that's pretty self-explanatory and I'll do some screenshots later to show how that is. So that's great. I appreciate that. I can see that being very helpful. Glad it's helpful. Yeah. So I could imagine uh, if you wanted, say you had an audio editor who does the editing, Mm -hmm. uh, you could have them join you, mute their video so that, you know, you're not even seeing them and just have them record it uh, right from there. And you don't have to worry about the transfer of files and all that. That's That's a great little hack, Derek. I like that one. So tell me some other things we might do with Zoom that are a little outside the norm. You know, this is more for if you want to record video as well. You know, a lot of times when you do recordings and you're screen sharing or, you know, or, or show your screencasting, you have a tiny little video of you at the top right-hand corner. But back to the settings, you know, right where we changed the audio to have third-person audio, you can, there's a setting to place the video equally next to the audio in the recording. Mm. An example of what you might want to use this for, and this goes, you know, a little bit outside of podcasting, but again, if people are, you know, using this content for podcasting and other things as well, I made a video about how to make great breakouts for Zoomtopia, our user conference that's coming up. And I decided I was like, I'm going to share this on LinkedIn. I'll post on my YouTube channel. I'm going to share it on my blog. And I I actually didn't do it this time because I didn't know about the setting at the time. But, you know, instead of the tiny little video of me, it could have been just half the slides and half my video, which Mm -hmm. is potentially a little bit more engaging, right? Because people like seeing video, they like seeing you. Also on the local recording side of things, you can add the timestamp, which could be helpful for syncing different tracks and and audio and et cetera, as well as uh, there's a box you can check that optimizes a little bit for editing software, making it a little bit easier to slice and dice. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, those are all great little tips, especially some podcasters do video as well as audio. So those are great tips. I could see especially doing an online course or something like that, having the split screen you were talking about uh, would be a great way to record something like that. Yeah. One other tip, and you know, this is just kind of a tiny optimization, but if you're in and out of Zoom, 
all the time could be helpful is you can set it to automatically always join by VoIP, right? Mm. So it's usually when you join a meeting, a Zoom call, it'll say, would you like to dial in? Would you like to join by computer, et cetera? You can just have it automatically joined by computer each time. Yeah, that's a great little hack. I think most podcasters would be doing it that way as well. We all know how wonderful phone quality audio is. That's just a joy to deal with. So (laughs) (laughs) it's good to know you could just skip that altogether. Well, Derek, I sure appreciate your time and your little tips on these hacks we can do for Zoom. Tell me a little bit about the pricing on Zoom and all that. And I think I might go here to a a screen share again, just so people can see it. But it looks like there's four different plans. Is that what I'm looking at? Yep. There's four. Are you pulling up the pricing page? Yep. There it is. Yeah. So I'd love to stress that we pride ourselves on having a very full featured free experience. I will attest to that. There's a lot that you can do with just the free plan. I think there's re- for a lot of podcasters, that's going to be good enough. Now, the only real limitation are a couple of things. One is recording to the cloud. We don't provide that in the free experience. But also, if you want to do split tracks, you don't want to record it in the cloud anyway. So maybe that's not a big deal. And then if you're going to have more than two people on, more than a one-on-one call, it caps the time limit at 40 minutes. With yeah. the unlimited one-to-one meetings, that means a conversation like I'm having with you right now I could do as many of those per month as I want. Yeah, we could talk for days. That is great. And then from there, you know, obviously when you buy the $14.99 a month, oh, and then, you know, with the free one, you can also have up to 100 participants. So you shouldn't be limited. Most, I don't know too many podcasts that have over 100 uh, participants. (laughs) If you do, a little unwieldy. Yeah. If you do, call me. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. You know, I might have a listener who takes that as a challenge and uh, figures out a way to do that. So we'll see. Would love to hear about it. Yeah, you hear me, David Steele? You're the guy. <laughs> you, could, you could pull that off. Anyway, go ahead, Derek. The Pro, which you can just buy online with a credit card, you have cloud recording and you don't have the time limits, I think is the simplest way to describe it. Yeah. And then from there, the other different packages are really geared more towards businesses, right? Not yeah. for the podcast use case. If, uh, if you want this for your company and you're going to buy for at least 10 people, you might want to do things like single sign-on, you know, which makes it easy to onboard people. You may want to you know, make it easy to join meetings from like mycompany.zoom.us. You might want to have a phone plan so people can call with just a phone, dedicated phone support, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. And then the enterprise goes into more participants, yes. um, unlimited cloud storage, that sort of thing. Yep. So for podcasting, yeah, one of these first two is probably the one. And you know, knowing the amount of things that podcasters do and the podcasters I work with, this basic is probably going to be the best for anybody. You know, 40 minute limit. I mean, most podcasts are not that long and that's just for more than one participant. If you have, you know, just two people, you're fine. You don't even have that 40 minute cap. So unlimited one-on-one meetings. That's great. We always just say, try it out. We have the free experience because we want people to really feel good about it before they decide they want to invest in some higher level stuff. So test it out speed it up, make sure it's meeting your needs. and Absolutely. And I, w- I would also point people to YouTube. Um, Zoom has lots of content on YouTube on how to use the platform, uh, what to do to do various things that you know maybe we d- didn't even discuss today. There's all kinds of use cases you can see there on YouTube as well. Well, Derek, you've been very generous with your time and with your expertise here. I appreciate it so much. Tell us how we can get in touch with you if someone wants to reach out to you personally or Zoom is just zoom.us. So anybody can go there, but how could they reach out to you? 
Yeah, so I'm uh, very uh, open and would welcome any you know feedback or you know, make connection with you folks. Probably the easiest way is just either on Twitter. My handle is DJ Pando. I don't DJ. J is my middle name and <laughs> the ship had sailed on the handle. So I just have to explain that for the rest of my life. That's funny. Or you can just reach me at my name, Derek.Pando at zoom.us. And of course, if it's more of like a, a sales, you're interested in talking about the product, the website's probably the best place I work in. I work in marketing. I don't work in our sales department. There's lots of kind of contact us buttons that uh, people should be able to help you. And then of course, we have customer support chat on our website as well. Yeah, the live chat pops up almost right away, and um, yeah. there's a, they're very responsive. I've used it before. So, That's great. Derek, I so appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hello? So, what do you think? Is Zoom something that you want to try out? I mean, that free plan makes it really kind of a no-brainer. Everybody should at least try it and use it perhaps as a backup if you're going to use something different like CleanFeed or Zencaster most of the time. I mean, those two definitely have a better quality of audio file that you get as a final product. But because they're browser-based, they tend to have some glitchiness at times before the updates are able to come out. So Zoom may be the go-to resource as a backup. And that idea that Derek gave about using the videos as promos for your podcasts, man, like I said in the conversation, that is gold. There's a great idea there. So I would love to hear what you think about using zoom.us. If you're seeing this post on social media, you can comment right there or you can reach out to me, Carrie, C-A-R-E-Y at podcastfasttrack.com. Now, you know what time it is. It's time for you to go out and make it a podcastificating day. This show is brought to you by Podcast Fast Track, where my team provides professional podcasting services without the time suck. Full production, editing, and show notes, all in one monthly subscription package. You can find out more at podcastfasttrack.com. Now go out and make it a podcastificating day. Audio editing and show notes by podcastfasttrack.com. Get 15% off your first month by mentioning this show.